Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking Season 2, Episode 17, The Captain's Hand. But the Cylon have no understanding of the meaning of the word freedom. How could they? They're programmed. Machines. Every time you take away one of our freedoms, every time we restrict or curtail one of our rights, we become one step closer to being like them. As the Vice President, I am bound to follow the administration's lead. As President, I should have no such strictures. Given the current situation, I'm afraid that I have no alternative but to announce that I am, as of now, a candidate for the presidency. Mr. Anderson, we're back. It's been a couple of weeks, and we are talking the captain's hand. Mm. His red right hand, baby. (laughs) We are. We're going Pegasus. We got training exercises. We got battles, space battles. All kinds of epic shit going on. A a real step up in the CG, you could say. Real real pretty pictures. I was going to say the CG looking pretty fucking good. Looking tight, mate. Tight. And here we are, opening impressions for the captain's hand, Mr. Anderson. Well, um, there is a lot that I like about this episode. Uh, I can't wait to get into that stuff. Yeah. That all that said, though, I want to start with, I feel like we have a Pegasus problem on this show. <laughs> uh, as far as the writing around Pegasus goes. Because the, the longer it goes on past the introduction of the, the other Battlestar, the Pegasus, I feel like they like I'm seeing the writers scrambling of being like, you know what would be cool? Let's introduce another Pegasus. Wow, you guys aren't the only one. You're not as alone as you thought. That's this cool, amazing twist. And I'm like, hell yeah, you're right. Now what are you going to do with it? And they're like, uh, oh, shit. We don't know. We don't know what we're going to find. Uh, I guess they're all assholes? They're all assholes on the Pegasus. I don't know. <laughs> like, to be honest, man, the stuff with Garner and Thrace and, and Lee – it's just like the conflict there is I'm Garner and I don't like you and I'm going to be an asshole about everything and lead us right into a trap because I'm a stubborn dick. And I was like, well, okay then, I guess so. Ah, what? Everybody on Pegasus is a fucking dickhead and it bites them in the ass. And to be honest, it's it's a little bit of stinky writing on that, which bothers me because a lot of the writing, and, and even in this episode, is real fucking good. Everything with uh, Roslyn and, and fucking Baltar, all that political intrigue, Zarek being the little worm tongue that he always is. I love it. I'm so on board with it. Ah, and, there's, and there is stuff on the Pegasus. I mean, what, once the trap is actually sprung, it's a spectacular battle scene and it's fucking cool. But how we got there is, again, just a stubborn asshole for the sake of being a stubborn asshole. And ah, that bugs me, man. That bugs me. I feel like I'm worried that they have like they're struggling out of figuring out what to do with the Pegasus and the people on there, other than just generating conflict. Being well, they just don't like Galactica, so that's that. Ah, kind of bothers me. Kind of bothers me. So I'm a little mixed. I mean, the stuff I like in this episode, I really like, and I feel like it's a step up even from the previous episode. But damn, that that Pegasus problem is starting to nag at me. All right, I like it. So it's hard to defend, man. It's hard. You, you, you have a case here. It's hard to defend. Um, uh, if I could offer a slight counterpoint, I'll just say that I, by and large, agree with your assessment of the writing of the Pegasus crew. 
Um, I think you're onto something there. But I also appreciate the explanation given at the end for Garner's behavior, which they did dot, they teased it a little throughout the right. episode, which was that he, he's clearly an engineer. He clearly has a better approach to machinery than he does to people. That's just the way he operates. He's a guy, probably, he was probably the ranking officer on the ship, happened to be the guy in the engine room running the show down there. Like, it's almost like saying Jordy LaForge is going to take over the Enterprise, right? <laughs> right. And I, and, I, and I think Jordy would probably do better, but I almost feel like there, there's that part of it. And then, of course, just the cane residue left over exactly but but you know you are right it is it it is it does feel a a bit contrived so so there's that i i one thing i do enjoy about this episode is the way they decided to terminate garner i guess you could say to use a a a very uh antiseptic term that an engineer Mm -hmm. could appreciate when he was terminated um, it was a good scene. It yeah. was a, it was a heroic moment. It, it 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 smacked of every submarine movie, close the bilge bay door kind of shit. <laughs> but that's cool. I don't mind that. I like that he did that and he was willing to do that because it showed that there was a little bit more to the man than seem than it seemed. And and I will say right. this, the the peripheral crew was fine. They weren't overly dickheaded. They had True. orders from Garner not to give information. They did their jobs. They reacted. Some of them were out there fighting. I thought, was it Toshi? Is that his name? Yoshi? Hoshi? The, the, the Gata of the Pegasus? I thought he was fine. Like, there's, there's definitely moments. It, it does, there is the lingering, the Pegasus crew is assholes, so you are more sympathetic to the Galactic crew, Galactic crew-itis. <laughs> but, exactly. but I felt like they did a little bit better of a job. I, I think it's still there, to your point, but I felt like it was moving in the right direction by the end of the episode with the way Garner sacrificed himself. Well, I mean, I think I, I both agree with that. And I also feel like it's one of those things where without his heroic sacrifice, he is truly un, uh, like unsalvageable asshole. Like he's just a, a stubborn, I'm against Galactica and I'm only for the snipes and fuck the flyboys. I'm just this stubborn shit about everything. Yeah, And I mean, yeah. we kind of needed the, a scene to show like he does – care and he is competent and this just wasn't his element um and like you know the final scene where lee's talking to to bill about it i like it and i like their analysis of it i agree um can i say and, this and can like i a, say this here's sure. here's what i think i think he, he i i guess i was using my imagination and trying to put myself in his shoes as some guy who's down below decks never gets any credit does everything keeps the ship going he he is essentially expressing the chief's frustrations when the chief doesn't. Do you know what I'm saying? It's almost like he's like, we're the underappreciated guys down here. You guys are all up there and you get all the glory. So I'm going to be more sympathetic to my people than your people who are always in the fucking limelight anyway. Like, I know it might not explicitly state that, but if I want to, if I want to, if I want to offer, and I just use this term in the X-Files podcast, if I want to give the writing a little bit of a parachute I'm going to stuff that parachute with these excuses that I'm kind of coming up with and saying that if I yeah. if I try to imagine it a little bit different, that's how it comes up with. And Starbuck is is like the, the ultimate in you know the girl he'll never have, the girl he'll never be able to hump. On top of the, just the, just the personification of of the of the person who isn't exact and can fuck off and can think outside right. the box. The and cool gets fly correct. boy who gets all the credit. Correct. Yeah. It's the ultimate, it's the ultimate uh, professional kind of hokey writing, you know? 
truly, truly engineers are the sexless dorks that we can't live with and we can't live without. Right. God exactly. bless you all. Exactly. That's kind of what they're trying to say. <laughs> right. At least in this scenario. But, and, and then just bad leadership. I mean, there's that. So yeah, if they wanted him to be a bad leader and to do dumb things like dressing Starbuck down in front of everyone is just bad yeah. leadership. Like he does dumb, he does, he makes poor leadership decisions, but he knows right. the engine room in and out. And that's, uh, that's his forte. And I think that's, that's good. And you know, it's not, that's not to say, you know, he, he is the way he was, but we've also seen like Starbuck is not like him at all. Right. In Starbuck, you wouldn't probably want running the entire Galactica because no. of her own <laughs> issues. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's, but I do like that we see this, this kind of issue between them all. It's uh, I, I, I liked it, but I will not, I am never going to clearly, uh, I have no counterpoint. Like a, I have no real counterpoint to what is a bit stodgy leftover Pegasus residue that they're trying to wrap up. Right. Right. And, you know, and that all said too, I, you know, me, I don't look up any cast list because I'm, you know, staying very vigilant about spoilers. Uh, but I recognize the actor who plays Garner and he's good. I mean, he's yeah, good yeah. in this role and he's good in other things. I really like that dude. I don't know if you have his name. Uh, uh yeah, him, he, w- but. he was in, um, he was in, I always remember him from, um, he's been in a lot of things. Uh, Sopranos. I think he's dead. Is I, he? I think he died like a year ago. Oh man, yeah, he looked very familiar, and I, I was. Ha- John Hurd died in 2017 July. Whoa, yeah, John Hurd. Okay, bummer, huh? Damn. Well, he's a good actor. Yeah, um, he's been in a bunch of shit, dude. I, I do remember him having this like kind of scumbag, shitty cop role that was on Tony's take in Sopranos. Oh my God, there it is. It's hitting me. Home Alone 2 and Home Alone. He's oh, the right. fucking dad. He's the dad. Jesus. Of course. Of like, course. And that's where I was like, oh, he is so utterly familiar and I can't place him. That's one of the big ones. Uh, Awakenings he was in. I've seen, yeah. Yeah, he's been a lot of Detective stuff. Detective Vin McKazian is who he plays in Sopranos. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see him being a good sleazy cop. Shout out to John Hurd. Too bad. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, I th- see, I thought I heard that somewhere. Hmm. Well, Let's get right to our opening here, Matt, and I want you to talk to me a little bit about this. Uh, kind of a kind of a cool and exciting way to start. Wait, you mean the? Uh, oh, oh, the Raptor. I'm, I'm sorry, I was already ready to jump ahead to that sweet D time. Mm-hmm. Good lord! <laughs> but yes, the Raptor training exercise where it should be a routine operation, she, but they've got a she very. Could, I'm sorry, she could ask me to do the most disgusting shit, and I would. Oh, yeah. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say true. about that. It's true. Spit on it? Yeah, all right. It's fine. <laughs> Open it up? Yeah, sure. Eat peanut butter on my armpit, if you say so. If All right. Yes, ma'am. After the gym? Okay. <laughs> sure. Cowboy hat? Assless chaps? You got mm-hmm. it. You name yeah. it, baby. Say I'm, a, say I'm a big fat baby and I don't deserve this the whole time? Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Butt plug with a horsetail attached to it? You got it. No Anything problem. for my baby? Sure thing. Fox whiskers? <laughs> sure. Whatever you want. Anything you want. Well, Anything for you, Rihanna. I mean, D. <laughs> um, so some operations here. Pegasus, raptor training exercise, Mr. Anderson. We got a man named Buster doing some piloting. And it's funny because when the episode opens, you're thinking, all right, we're watching the Pegasus people do things. Are we going to care? Because I remember that's uh-huh. what I thought. Well, you know, what? what's funny about this whole episode, this opening and these moments, I was like, 
oh, are we going to finally start to kind of get to know more Pegasus people, start to get a little more enmeshed in their crew and mm-hmm. see Kara interacting with them, see Lena. I was like, that's kind of what I was excited about. I was like, okay, it's time to start bridging this gap because their relationship currently between the Galactica and Pegasus, pretty fucking untenable. I mean, you guys had literally gotten ready to open up on each other and just all out fucking human on human war. Uh, and they've barely, you know, gotten past that and they're just repairing things very gingerly. And I'm like, okay, it's time to see you guys mesh up get together you know build up that camaraderie uh and damn <laughs> did not go the way i thought mm-hmm. uh but yeah so they have a a really cloudy dratus they're, they're getting a lot of interference uh and not getting a very clear picture of what they're flying into emi interference i guess soup for dratus i believe is what they refer to it as and uh buster mm-hmm. makes a decision that he's going to move away from this cloud so to speak oh man the second he said it i was like uh-oh bad move <laughs> sir hey let's get out of the range of the old pegasus let's go far away to get out of this soup i'm like sounds risky sounds risky sir stay uh, close actually is probably what you do don't go <laughs> further away when your dratus is sucking all the dicks in the galaxy okay it's like huh the dratus is really cloudy i can't see what's out there let's go out there <laughs> no <laughs> This water I'm swimming in is getting awfully cloudy. I should go deeper. (laughs) I'm just going to hold my breath and go under. (laughs) Meanwhile, Lee is humping D. Powerful, beautiful D. Finally, idiot. Powerful, beautiful D. And uh, Lee has uh, the thumbs up to go back to work, although he's going to be on light duty, dudes. He ain't cleared for flying, but don't worry. He's going to be making his captain's pay to shuffle some papers to and fro. And I poke his meat to what's-her-name there. That's what he does. Or his I got to go on pay. my second lunch break and poke my girlfriend for a while. Thanks for the seventy-eight fifty an hour. Thanks for that, dudes. I definitely don't deserve her, though. Yeah, because uh, I, I pretty much don't. Yeah, well. Oh, well, he's got, a, he's got a cool scar now. Yeah. Yep. Well, Lee has... Uh, has some time with D. We we learn that the bucket and the beasts is what they are calling the ships, which I thought was cool. And that's uh, yeah. D telling him about the slang, keeping him for, informed on the scuttle, you know, because he's a big shot captain. So <laughs> we learn about some news that has occurred in the last thirty days. Lee is on the Pegasus because of Starbuck. Apparently, she's been driving Commander Garner nuts, and since Lee is not flying combat for a while. Um, there's that. And then kind of off camera, he was promoted to major. Yeah, man. Promoted to major. And it's funny, even like D calls him out for it. She's like, well, you could, could be a little more happy about it. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's a pretty big deal. The last episode you were a fucking captain or was he even a captain last episode? He was. Didn't he get demoted or he, he was still captain. Um, but yeah, bumped all the way up to major. I'm like, damn, pretty big deal. Actually. I feel like, yeah, it's, um, so here's one of the things I like about this episode. I like that they did that, but then he got the promotion at the end. Because I thought that was kind of cool that you would have thought we would have seen a promotion for a major character, but it right. ends up not really mattering in the end because we see him get promoted again at the end of the episode. Indeed. And um, I don't know if you paid attention to that, but he went from major to commander... So he kind of jumped over Colonel Ty. Well, Ooh, we'll, we'll have to think about that at the end of the episode. I did have a, a moment of pause. I was like, is there, is there anything between Major and there Commander? There is. Like, I don't know. There's yeah, a Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel, which is what Fisk was, and a full bird, oh. which is what Ty is. And then Commander. Correct. 
Yep. Damn. Yep. Skipping ranks over here. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, in this <laughs> this almost dust up, still tense situation between the Pegasus, they lost another commander. How do I fix this problem? Time to make my son in charge of your whole fucking shit. <laughs> you guys will love that. Jesus Christ. It's like, the fucking, that shit up. it's like the fucking Gambino family coming in and swooping up all the power. <laughs> Galacticas are a family business. <laughs> Nobody talks about our thing outside these CIC walls. This thing of ours. <laughs> I want you to tell me you know what omerta means. Yeah, well, here we are. The, the, the BSG mafia. <laughs> exactly. Next thing you know, he's going to be shouting at Ty about, you know, when he tells somebody to bury a body, it means they need to bury the body, not where some <laughs> asshole could walk by with his dog. He's still fucking breathing, Ty. His nails grew. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, you just got back in town. I wanted to break your balls a little. Now go get my fucking lockbox. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> this ain't reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dumb. so dumb. Well, just so fun to do your voice. Major Doc Coddle's a major. Oh fuck! I forget about that. Mm. He's a big. He's, he's got <laughs> some pull. He's got pull, baby. Them doctors. And he, uh, he's been called out by name by our stowaway here in the next scene. Yeah, what do you think of this, huh? We got a little Callie reporting on, uh, I think it's really hilarious, if I'm being totally honest here, <laughs> that Nikki Klein, i.e. Callie, found a crate oh, with no. a woman on board. <laughs> Think back to those sex trafficking <laughs> cult days. I was just about to say, she's like, I can't wait to deliver her to my leader. <laughs> Jesus. Hell yeah, dude. She looks prepared for the brand. Mm. She, oh. Is she prettier than me? Will a leader like her more? God, if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Nexium, and I'm sorry for ruining your night. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It is just awful. Ooh, baby. Well, oh. Also, hey, dude, one quick note about this scene. Maybe I, I want to see what your take is. I was a little surprised. Like, there's a moment there when, when the chief just starts opening it up, and even Callie's like, whoa, wait a minute. We should wait maybe for the Marines that are coming down and see what's going on. There and he was, just kind of He does it busts, anyway. And he just does it anyway. And I was like, that feels a little unchief-like to nah. me. I, I feel like he is a pretty thorough dude. would be like, mm, yeah, something moving inside of what should be an, an empty, or not empty, but you know, a shipping crate full of shipping shit <laughs> like that's who knows what could be in there you could have a fucking i mean we've already seen a, a whole ship full of cylon toasters crash into the ship and started up in ship invasion mm. like, c- careful careful buddy we don't know he rules i mean i love chief but i was like damn dude i don't want to see you get wasted on it for nothing well based on the marine response time he probably made the right move dude for real <laughs> that's that's actually a good point <laughs> Nine one one is a joke on your ship. Get up or get get down. So yeah. Anyway, uh, the chief checks it out. He goes in and he finds a woman that we're going to learn is named Raya. Is this the Galactica? She has a hand over her little belly. Oh, are mm. you Doc Coddle? Hey Doc Coddle, kill it. <laughs> Go up in my puss and kill it. Can mm. you just like smush it? Do you take one of your um um engineer's tools and just jam it up there and suck it out? Oh, oh, oh God. Jesus. Do you have like an industrial grade, you know, plunger or anything? <laughs> should I should the Drano what do I do with the Drano? <laughs> You'd think in the future they'd have a better way of going about this, but <laughs> damn is it primitive. Well, Buster and Shark 
that's their names, are in the Raptor. They hear weird chatter. Distress. And uh, Commander Garner on the Pegasus CIC asks Soshi, um, what's going on with Buster and Shark? And he says, well, we got garble communication, sir, a transmission. And uh, I think it sounds as if they're declaring an emergency. And then suddenly, Matthew, they wink off of Dratus. Just completely. Wink. Yikes. That's fucking crazy. It's a bad day. Yeah. And again, another issue with that with the Buster, you know, like, all right, well, let's get out of, you know, the soup and get further away. I'm like, aren't your communications going to be that much harder? Come on, man. That's mm. exactly what we see. They're, 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 all they can get back is these garbled, you know, they're, they, even on the transcripts later, it's like half words and they're, they're trying to piece together what they were actually saying. Sure. We go to combat and we have Starbuck and Lee chatting and, uh, and, um, Garner's there. She seems to have some attitude for Lee, if you notice while they're walking down the hallway. I kind of picked oh, yeah. up on that. And then Garner tells they're, Lee, go ahead. I was going to say, they're icy. Uh, well, and, icy. I mean, and, and I feel like that's reasonable, considering Lee has just now you know, fully recovered from being accidentally shot by, by Kara. You know, sure. maybe on her, another one of her hot shot plans that backfires. Like, I, I very much buy the turmoil between these Me too. two. Because, because they are such close friends and because he has a long history of both standing up for her when she's making some rash calls and trying to be a friend going, hey, maybe you are going too far. When one of her own plans goes so far that it accidentally shoots him herself – yeah, I can understand, you know, we're going to have a rough month between us. I'm not, I don't want to talk to you right yeah. now. Like, that's that's fair. Yep, for sure. Especially, yeah, when you combine the two. The fact that he suffers for it physically, but also that he's annoyed at her bullshit. Right. Which led to the, directly to it. Right. And he's literally being the one called on board to be like, hey, can you handle the situation with right. her? Right. Well, Garner tells Lee what's up. He says, we have just lost contact with one of two, with two, with two of our Raptors. And Starbuck inquires, and Garner kind of gives her the ass, right? Says if she was down on the flight deck, monitoring her pilots, like a good training officer, she would know that four, four pilots are missing. Uh, Garner and Lee kind of step away, and Starbuck storms off. Mm-hmm. She goes immediately to the showers. Oh, straight there. Yeah. Because she's been completely, and this is one of those times where I fully side with Starbuck. I'm like, fuck, fuck all these dudes and Garner. And I mean, like you said earlier, these guys are just taking orders from their, you know, supreme officer. But at the end of the day, like that's what pisses me off right away about Garner. He blames her for shit that he withheld. Like you withheld this information so that she wasn't there. Like you basically let a, a training exercise without the training officer begin, and then it went awry, and you blame the training officer. Right. Like fuck you. What an asshole. Like I'm like already like oh my god, Pegasus people are just shits. Uh, and and like you said earlier, I, I give the rest of the crew credit. They they're all they're not like standing up for Garner or like ah fuck you Galactica girl or any shit like that. That would be terrible writing. Mm. But they're all just kind of standing their heads hung like well I mean we were just told not to. Right. Like, you don't get the do? sense that they don't dislike her. Wait, yeah, I said that's exactly. a double negative. You don't get the sense that they dislike her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, they feel shamed. You can tell. Totally, totally. I mean, and they hell they respond when she's like. Hey, shut the hell up. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> fucking tell me what's going on. And they're like, uh, yeah, mom's here, shit. Yep. Well, we move over to Lee and Garner, and he complains about Thrace, basically. He being Garner. And he says, nobody cut us any slack in the engine room, but then, I don't know, maybe being a snipe is different than being a viper jockey. No flashy stunts for us. The engine room is like a finely tuned watch, and everything in it needs to be monitored and maintained in a very precise fashion. 
Nobody freelances. Everything is done in the proper way, at the proper time, in the proper order, or there would be no lights. I think the people around here could learn a thing or two from the snipes. That is, in a nutshell, Garner's beef. Yep. And now this is one of the few moments where I get where Garner's coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I see your point. But you can also, what's interesting about this and what I think is. And at least he's doing it privately. <laughs> right, right. It's between him and another officer, and he's just laying out his situation, his thoughts on it. I'm like, fair enough. Um, but to me, I think it, it's a good moment here because it makes us a little sympathetic to his point of view. And it lays out the problem within that point of view of you have already drawn this line in the sand. You've, you've picked a tribe and you're, you're against the other tribe when you all are technically working together. Like you, you can tell he has this like, like you already, we were talking at the top, like this, you know, affinity for his boys, his engineering boys and girls down in the fucking bowels of the ship. And he has this kind of, eh, fuck the, the fly boys up here getting all the glory and I'm like, dude, as a leader, you cannot be taking that perspective. That's just bad. You're right. You're right. This is something that he needs to stow while he is in command of the ship. He needs to right. leave this down in the engine room and not resort. He, you're, you're absolutely right. He needs to get, he needs to unfuck himself. <laughs> exactly. Unfuck your unfuck shit. Unfuck yourself and get together and forget about your petty jealousies and lead right. everyone and treat everyone equally. Right. And maybe you can have that point of view if you're, you know, head of the engineering department. But once you're head of the whole show, you're going to have to be a little more gracious about things. And and I think, you know, I think there's something to be said for him venting to Lee and sharing it with him. And and that's one thing. But to actually act on it is another thing. And that just shows bad leadership. But I, that's, that's the point of the episode is that Garner he's a good man. He sacrifices himself and he feels a little slighted by the, the flashy positions in the fleet. He's not a great leader, but he did the right thing in the end. So true. True. Over to colonial one. We meet Tori. Oh, baby. <laughs> Fucking political operative as shit. Never thought I'd miss Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Well, it's that time. She says campaign meeting. She's been putting it off for weeks. Apparently, and a presidential election is coming up. Awesome. I love that we stick that thread in here. Um, that is true. Yeah. Your bid has the support of the military and the civilian fleet and some enthusiastic support from the Gemini's religious leaders. It helps when your only rival is a convicted terrorist. So you got you got a vibe off of Terry you didn't love. A politic, a slimy politics vibe. No, and that's like I wouldn't – it's not like I think she's like a political scumbag, but she's, you know – A politician. A, a big time political insider, political junkie, all about the polls. That's run too. This is how you should say it. And this is how you should talk. And I'm always very campaign kind of, managery, right? And I'm like, I'm. She even strikes me as somebody good at her job. And I'm like, you, you probably have. She's probably the right person for this job. But I always just have that. Like, my it makes Theory, my skin yeah, crawl yeah. just a little bit. Of course, like, Egh. it's <laughs> disgusting. Just, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. She's there to win. And what I like about it is that Rosalind doesn't like this shit either. You can get that feel from her of like, ugh, the campaigning shit is not what she's about. Cut to Zarek talking politics. Dude. Worm tongue oh, style. Oh, I love Zarek so Dude, much. Dude, fucking rules. <laughs> I wanted to look so- at the camera and goes, who knows what you've said in the bitter watches of the night? <laughs> fucking <laughs> running his hair over it, over, over Gaius, his hand over Gaius's hair. <laughs> You're like a cold morning on a pale spring. 
or whatever the fuck he says in that movie, clinging to Winter's chin. <laughs> so awesome, dude. <laughs> My true king. <laughs> I told you not to let them to bring his staff in or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> uh, fuck. Fucking Baltar just withering into a white <laughs> corpse. I love it, dude. This is awesome. Oh, I love it so. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. But, but no, yeah, the other I mean, thing Zarek- he says in that movie, he's like, I, um, late is the hour in which this <laughs> conjurer shows him. She says that to Rosalind. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sweaty Brad Dorothy. Oh. Hell yeah, dude. Such a great character. So good. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, dude, Every what I love about this scene, too, and this is, to me, a, a great... That's what I was saying. Like the stuff I like in this episode, that I the stuff I like in this episode, I really, really like. And yeah. I feel like it's some of the awesome, high man. strengths of Battlestar Galactica. And I think this scene is a great example because so we good. have Zarek, a fucking sleazeball. We know it, but he's not wrong. Like he does present good points. And even him, you know, when he's like, "I had a chance before," until she ascended from politician to prophet Dude. and now she's unassailable Hell like, yes how does anybody run against this shit and that's when he's like you though you are the counterbalance pre-sold that. you've got a spot he's so right like yep. he nails it Zarek's awesome he says so you'd be surprised good. how many people crave the assurances <laughs> of cold <laughs> science as opposed to the superstitious ravings of the Geminis a scientist you offer hope oh yeah do not trust a hope it has forsaken these lands. Sorry. I have to keep going with it. <laughs> we just turned the whole show to a medieval version of it. That was Aomir. Thank you. Exit stage left. <clears throat> <laughs> if you guys want to hear us talk stop. about those, and you don't listen to the Science Fiction Film, film Podcast, your fault. Because <laughs> we covered all three extended versions. Go listen to them right now. Plenty oh, yeah. of impressions to go around. Oh, my God. <laughs> and invented characters that live in <laughs> LSG lore forever. Hell, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> we won't spoil but that dude, one. Also, one of the things I love uh, is that Baltar. He rules. Of, uh, oh, he's so fucking he smart. Says he says what I feel. I'm not yes, cut out for exactly. politics because I find everything to do with it tedious. Oh, and not even that. My favorite line, my favorite from, from Baltar in the scene. He's like, oh, and so you're just going to step aside. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you're just, oh, you're, there's nothing in this for you. And <laughs> Zarek's. <laughs> fucking slimy ass reply he's like oh i just you know i i just believe in a man who remembers his friends yeah in a man <laughs> of bitch. in a man of conviction a man of conviction who remembers to toss a bone this to this is buddies. the shit man this is the shit i could watch all day this kind of shit totally totally i'm one of my favorite shit of the a whole show mm-hmm. well lee makes a decision that he's gonna go down to see the pilot starbuck is down there and lee asks about stinger who's been in hack for mouthing off to Garner and uh, they all kind of laugh at this and Lee ain't having it. He doesn't, he doesn't like Starbucks cavalier attitude infecting the crew and them laughing about a guy being on discipline. Mm. And he just rips. We got two missing Raptor crews who will be out of O2 in 36 hours. That's all that matters. So everybody knock off the schoolyard crap and start doing your fracking jobs. Mm-hmm. I likely here, man. Me too. I don't think he's wrong. We had him just coming in and being like, lock it down. Knock off the fucking joking. Yep. You're, you are in mission mode. He says to Starbuck, we need to start thinking outside of the box, which is why you're, which, which is what you're supposed to be best at. And she apologizes. Yeah. Because I think she's still feeling a lot of guilt, obviously. Yep. yep. She is definitely in, still in, I feel bad mode. Right. 
Right. But I also feel bad for her because she's getting it from everybody right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It's like she has nobody on her side. And I'm like, ah, poor Kara. We move over to Coddle and Adama. Raya is four months pregnant and doesn't want to be. Geminis don't do abortion. Well, aren't we getting topical? Oh, Apparently, boy. Raya asked for Coddle by name, and Adama wants to know what that's about. And he says, mm-hmm. and Coddle says, I got a note. She arrived, I do my work, she leaves, I don't ask questions. You're going to start. You're going to chop up that baby right now. Mm. <laughs> I think he doesn't Get want going. him. He doesn't want him to is the point. No. He wants questions asked. Right. Mm. Well, Adam introduces himself, and she says she's not changing her mind, right? Um, he says her parents are worried about her, and uh, she says, do you have an idea what they do to me? Please do not send me back. And Adama levels with her and just says, you're a stowaway on a military ship. And Cottle bumps in and says, some people might say she was a victim of political persecution. Hell, she could apply for asylum. And he shoots him. Adama shoots Cottle a look. Cottle kind of withers away. And then Mm -hmm. um, she just says it. Asylum. That's it. I want asylum. What do you think of this? What do you think of this conflict we've introduced? Honestly... I really like it. I I like how it becomes this political, uh, like sticking point for for Rosalind because at like first, it is in real life. Like, That's exactly what it is. Exactly, it's um, so and, and, it's all political. Exactly, and I, and I love how at first you think it's not going to be that way. Like you think, okay, this is a stowaway. Obviously, <clears throat> probably her family is upset about this and wants her back. Uh, you know, it's more than that. I think. Yeah. What's that? I think it, the family thing is more than that. Because she's well, that's Japanese, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, and there's exactly like, you, you think it's just a family thing at first, but then oh, you oh, realize as it goes yeah. on, it's like the Japanese, like no, 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 this is a whole cultural huge front page news issue for them. Like this girl is not just a girl. This is a for anything to happen to her abortion wise is a massive deal that could affect you know Rosalind's political outcome. Indeed, and they talk about it next. Colonial One, Rosalind Adama, and Sarah of the Japanese discuss it. Sarah reminds Rosalind that the girl is the property of her parents. <laughs> That's uh, real cool. That's, <laughs> That's pretty cool, ironic coming from a black lady. <laughs> she says her voters are demanding action. And Rosalind reminds Sarah that the abortion is legal under colonial law. To which Sarah says, mm. well, it's going to cost you votes. There we go. The Geminon votes. The ones that she thought she could count on because she was, you know, the chosen prophet. Well, Raya's petition for asylum is under review. Rosalind reminds Sarah and dismisses her. And that's when Rosalind says she is not turning the girl over or banning abortion. Not while I'm his captain, says Picard. (laughs) Picard would never fold under this shit. (laughs) Fuck you. He would never fold. Not while I'm his captain. Fuck you, get off my ship. (laughs) No! Yeah, the (laughs) great... Smashing everything. They'd be like, but it's for the greater good. He'd be like, the, the first calling cry of the oppressor, he would say. Um, Tori <laughs> so says that they have to move aggressively on this before it gets out of hand and Rosalind and Bill are kind of left sitting behind to which he says she's not Billy what do you think he means by that? Mm, that I, I what I feel like Bill means by that is that she has her mind and, and her nose her whole focus on the political outlook like what do you need to do Rosalind to handle this for your political image your standing make sure your votes are secure whereas Billy I think was more concerned about Rosalind and like how does she feel about things mm. how, how did you know the human side of it 
Um, whereas I think this woman, not that she's a shitty person, but just her nose is buried in the stats. She's doing her job. She's doing her job, but it's like, she's, she doesn't have that, uh, you know, that more assistance sense. She's more just like, ah, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. And I'm out of here. She, yeah. If for, for her, for, for Billy, it's, it's let's wax poetic about the situation and think about it for many ways, which is, which was probably more in his task of more in his purview where it seems like with Tori, she's been brought in seemingly to win. There's a big election coming up. It's important. And she's going to attempt to get Rosalind to win by telling her how to go about doing that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's less this voice of conscience and more this voice of, of you want to win. You brought me on here to help you win. And um, and there's that. Do you, do you think Tori has influenced Rosalind's decision in this? Definitely. Yeah. I definitely do. Um, and about how the way that it comes to a head later in the episode, uh, again, is I think a good example of this show building conflict where it's a conflict that you can see both sides where you're like, uh, I see this angle. I see why Rosalind would maybe go this way, but I also see how it's wrong. And I see how she was maybe influenced that in a way that she wouldn't normally want to be, especially not, you know, if this weren't during a, an election coming up so soon, maybe she wouldn't have like, there is this influence there. There is this uncomfortability among her that I buy. Um, and I like that. I like that. It's, it's messy. Indeed. Well, um, we move over to a strong beat and Adama says that number doesn't go up very often. This was a surprise to me. Mm. I, I, and it was a surprise I liked. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a tough fucking viewpoint to take, but considering the circumstances, it's one of those things where you're like, it's got a point. Like there are, there are a little less than 50,000 of you that you know of period. I mean, you really do start to have to think. I mean, you guys are practically fucking albino tigers at this point. You really got to breed. Right. <laughs> you got to do it. Right. Uh, and he even brings – he quotes to her what she said. You know, if we are to survive this, if the human races survive, we need to start making babies. Mm. I think it's a false dichotomy. In, an, in a in way, a, yeah. In an error in logic, to be honest with you. Now, you can debate the finer points of abortion if you'd like. But I think to mask it in the veil of the survival of humanity, I, I just don't think is real. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad writing. I can understand why this position would come up, especially now that it's gained political attention. Yeah. So now that it's gained political attention, you're salu- so, so it is good writing in that. Now that it's become political with the introduction of the Gemini's representative, Sarah, who is distinctly aware of Raya's presence on the ship, it has been politicized. And now they have to answer it politically. And it's very possible that Bill is offering this information for the political side of it and not really waxing ethical, right? That's a good point, too. We don't know. He might be. He might not be. We can kind of only go off of what he says, but I'm of the opinion that it's a bit of a false dichotomy to say that if you alter the law on this thing, that it will hurt the survival of humanity at 50,000 people. Um, I do know that that some math comes into this via via, – Baltar. Baltar later. Part of me wonders yeah. if he set her up <laughs> that's, mm, to, that's to take point. a bad position that he would f- fight against. I've always wondered that. Um, but, you know, it, it isn't, it's, it, this, I don't know if this ruling could signify, I think, I think in this particular situation, in this particular area where people are, I, it's, it's not like they've established that there's, uh, that there's an abortion like epidemic. 
<laughs> right, exactly. There yeah. is a there is a human race not surviving epidemic. That's that's one thing. But you know what what's next? You're going to force people to breed, right? It starts to exactly. so it gets a little weird. And you know this is where this is where I obviously he's a little more squeaky clean. But this is where I could see Picard from from next gen taking a really hard stance on this and saying, you know, what, at what costs are we going to survive? Right? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Are we still the same if we go down these roads? Are we fundamentally right. altering who we are as a people, as a species, as people with rights, right? And you know, and if we if we do take uh, what Adama said more from if he's approaching it at the political angle and just kind of framing it for her, I mean, right. we do have the, re- the reveal later on in the episode that Sarah is offended. She's like, wait, you passed this law, but you're not prosecuting anybody. You've, you've already essentially correct, correct. planned to not actually enforce it. So there's something to be said about what does it say to pass this into law and make make it kind of the known statement of the government of, hey, we really don't want to lose babies. And hey, we're of course encouraging everybody to breed, but obviously we're not going to fucking put you in jail if somebody has an abortion. Like it's kind of, it's, it's almost well, like they're a not going to weird... put her in jail. Be- right, exactly. Not even her. Right. Well, no, I'm thinking, but, but no, I think about I'm reading. Yeah, I'm reading this differently, I think. Unless I just misheard uh, you. Oh, I was saying, I mean, like, in a way, it's almost like Rosalind took it as an opportunity to go, I'm going to put out my opinion via the framing of, like, an executive order. Or, like, I'm not going to actually enforce this, but I want people to know. I'm going to lend an olive branch to the Jiminis and say, yes, I think life is precious, and I want to vocally encourage us to to start breeding, but I'm also not going to punish people for not. Uh, It's kind of like she's kind of, like, trying to find this weird middle way. Right. Which I'm not sure if it's going to work out for. (laughs) (laughs) I like when um, I like when Rosalind says I fought for a woman's right to control her body for my whole career. No, no, she's very adamant at this point. But yeah. you can almost see, and this is good acting out of uh, out of what's her name, Mary McDonald. I'm such a loser. You should, yeah, yeah. Mary McDonnell, <laughs> Donnell, uh, um, McDonnell. Sorry, um, where you can see that she's saying one thing, but you can almost see her body betraying the confidence on the other side of it too. Like she already has thinking she might have to make this decision. I think she sees the writing on the wall here, which is why she responds. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, this is the scene where we're going, where we see Kara pouring over the transcripts of shark and buster. Yeah. The communicate transcripts. Yep. Absolutely. She's talking to, uh, this woman's name is captain Marsha showboat case. Showboat. Mm. The, the 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 number. Excuse me. The the words are Eve, distress, bearing, wreck, shuns, emerge, read. And uh, Starbuck starts to surmise that perhaps Eve, distress means received distress call. Right? She she becomes certain of this. But from who? Case asks, and and Starbuck says, I, I just don't know. But we need to go find out. That's it. So she's starting to think they were answering a distress call they received. Makes sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And again, <laughs> we get Garner being a dick. <laughs> He's really bad here. This is bad leadership. So bad. This is, this is, I mean, this like riled me up and had me pissed off. I was like, that is such bullshit. Basically, somebody has presented to you a very, you know, workable theory that has at least some evidence behind it. It's worth at least discussing and thinking about. Right. And he won't even hear it because it was Kara who came up with it. 
Yep. I'm like, that is if that if if that's how like homicide investigations work, where like ah, two detectives don't like each other, and one guy's like, hey, I found this gun with fingerprints on. He's like, I don't believe you. Throw it in the trash. Like what? What are you talking? It doesn't matter if you don't like me. Like here's here's a lead. Here's something real. Mm. It's just a petty bitch. And what's funny about this is that you know he says he's openly disrespectful. He basically calls her boo sound and a mutineer essentially right yeah so even she kind of just like cocks her head back like sewing mutiny really you think i'm gonna fucking like kill you guys lee uh says let's take this to a private place good awareness and leadership by lee in an attempt to mm-hmm. disarm garner or at least defuse the situation uh but garner presses harder barely competent and paranoid right she says Which is what she said about him. Yep. She says she was venting off the record accurately because Starbucks not gonna she's not gonna let it go. So she adds Hell the right. accurately. And then of course, mm-hmm. um Garner Captain Thrace, you are restricted to quarters until I can ship you back to Galactica. You're Adama's pet. I'll let him deal with you, essentially. Ooh, ooh what a dickhead. Wow. Um, Elzar in the chat, he brought up a good point. Lee should have gone and gotten a snipe to present the theory. <laughs> no shit, right? Let's get you one of your dirty nerds. Here you go. Let him tell you. <laughs> now you'll listen. Let's get the nerds on this. <laughs> I want my grease nerds. Where are they? Awesome. Well, while in the brig, Thrace is doing push-ups. And uh, Lee, she's not in the brig. She's just like, no, no, no. I'm quarters. sorry. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> uh, you've been here for four days. She says to Lee in your already, uh, I'm sorry. Lee says to her in your already facing charges, you don't waste <laughs> any time. Do you? He's clearly annoyed. And oh yeah. Lee Definitely. says, look, he's here to, to do a job. And she laughs. Basically keep a loud mouth in line, not doing such a great job. Are you? And that's when Lee says they don't have much time. Starbuck says that she's tired. That she's tried, excuse me, bad typing. But Garner has been all over her since she got to the beasts. Well, maybe you need a kick in the ass. He shouts. 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 And I, I actually do like her response to her. She's like, oh, okay. It's finally happening. <laughs> yeah, yep, you're yep. finally actually getting pissed and you're going to get it off your chest. Perfect. Oof. Yep. So good. You keep fracking up and I have to keep cleaning it up and I am officially sick of it. <laughs> Poor Lee, your Poor life is Lee. so hard, isn't it? <laughs> you mean since I got shot? She's Oof. ahead of the curve here with Twitter. White people aren't allowed to have uh, tough lives anymore. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that every white person on the planet it's has true. the most awesome life with everything handed to them? Did you know it's that? True. It's crazy. I, oh, I, I'm a white person. Of course I know it. Dude, uh, hold on. You... Let me dismiss my butler. Uh, oh, wait, All's wait. well. <laughs> hey, are we going to take the yacht out of the harbor tomorrow? Because... <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, the yachts bore me these days. Mm-hmm. The jets are all I care for. Yeah. Did you pay your electric bill just in time before I got shut off? I'm curious. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> anyway. Um, you mean since I got shot. Oh, low blow, motherfucker. Dude, she turns was, her back and walks away. Kind of that upset. was pretty harsh. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> He's not not wrong, though. You did shoot him. You shot him. You wanted to play rough. He punched you right in the nose. You want to hear what I think happened to Buster or not? (laughs) And we jump over to uh, some search and rescue operations. A little S-A-R, Matthew. Uh, Yep. And what do they get? You know what they get? A Cylon-beamed transmission of Buster's garbled talk. That's what they so fucking slick. Get. 
they Red. hear it. They hear the garble transfer. Oh, Buster, is that you? Is that you? And, you know, they send it back to CIC. And you're like, oh, well, we have a distress signal. And Lee's like, possible distress signal. Mm. And that's when he starts presenting the theory from Kara. And, of course, again, Garner doesn't want to hear it because he's like, oh, this isn't your theory. This is Kara's theory, isn't it? Do you like how Lee frames it? There is a theory. <laughs> There's he's a theory. He's smart, man. He's trying to admit, but, you know, Garner's a little too savvy for that. Know, but he basically I says, it's clear that Buster may have jumped away to run down a phony distress call. Could be a trap, a theory. Mm-hmm. This is Captain Stur- Thrace's theory, is it not? To which, of course, Garner. Not to play Monday morning, you know, major on Pegasus. <laughs> Monday <laughs> I, morning major. Uh, Monday morning. But no, I, I do feel like, he, I feel like, oh man, Lee, like just say, oh, we've seen this before. We've had, I have seen an incident of this happening turned out to be a Cylon trap. Just fucking lie. Like, just be like, ah, that's what this is. You know, even if that's, it's more of a lie, it's like, it would force him to consider it. It would force him to think about it and not just be like, oh, a theory? By who? By Kara? Ah, fuck you guys. Fuck Galactica. Like, he's just so resistant to anything from them. It's funny, you know, I think that's definitely one way to look at it. I think the alternative, and this is going to be, this is going to be a little intellectually dishonest for me because I know how they sh- this episode ends, right? <laughs> but it's almost like I wonder if part of me, I wonder if Lee was thinking, I need to ferret this guy out like now. He's a danger mm. to everything and everyone around him just just because of his axe to grind. I, I wonder, you know, I mean, obviously we know that Lee has this, you know, give me the missile key, Mr. Hunter kind of Crimson Tide moment with him later, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's got, but I like your point. Maybe in the moment he would have just been like, here, and it's not even a lie to say we've seen this before. Talk to my dad. Talk to daddy. Talk to daddy Adama right now. Daddy will tell you. Daddy? God. Dad, if, can if you tell show, him to do what I want? Uh, if this show actually was him just walking around going, well, daddy says, and like stomping. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Daddy says, that's Lee's journal. <laughs> daddy says I'm a big boy and I'm a commander now. Well, Garner says, give me a fix, uh, Mr. Thornton, on the uh, distress signal, and we're going to jump to it. And Lee says, I think this is a trap. Garner disagrees. Dude, that's that's what pissed me off so much about this scene. That's all he says. He goes, I, you know, he's already laid out, you know, it looks like they could be a Cylon projected signal that lures people, you know, lures us in. We have to jump all the way to it. It puts us in danger. You know, he's kind of laying out the shape of a possible trap. Mm-hmm. All Garner says, I disagree. Like, why? Why do you disagree? What is there something about that unreasonable? Have you seen this situation before and it wasn't a trap? Like, he's just being a fucking stubborn ass. That's it. I disagree. Like, no reason. No he thinking says, behind I'm, I'm going to get a dom on the line. I'm going to get our men. Now, now, here's another thing I was thinking about this. It's been 30 days. Okay. Garner is an engineer. Why is he in combat leading a strike mission? Is he even qualified? Crazy. I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> He's probably barely <laughs> qualified. <laughs> anyway. I think I remember how guns work. <laughs> they put them on the vector, the Turner thing there, and we'll do the, the, uh, the ambush traps or whatever they call them. <laughs> yeah, put it, put it. He's going to be the fucking bubble gunner right on the nose. Get him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot him up. Yeah. Bang, bang. <laughs> cover the approach or something. Tactics. Yeah. <laughs> him just making up military <laughs> yes, shit. Yes, exactly. Uh, tactics and phalanx and what such. Put him in the pipe, five by five. I heard that on aliens. That means something, right? <laughs> Nuke him from orbit, I think. Are we orbiting something? I don't know. <laughs> well, 
Well, they contacted Dama. Garner says he thinks they got the break they are looking for. Dama says that the Cylons have been known to set traps like this. Garner says that this is a scenario that uh, that this is a scenario where I don't think this is likely, basically. And that's when Adama says, Major Adama, tell me what you think there, sonny boy. Mm-hmm. Captain Thrace and I are of the opinion that the first two Raptors may have been lured away. Garner doesn't agree. Adama says, well, we'll send a recon mission in full force. Five Raptors, three escorts, two rescue. This is a force recon, right? You have your orders, Commander. Garner says, thank you, Major. I'm not sure your expertise is needed. I'm, I'm sure your expertise is needed elsewhere. Get out of here. Get out of here so I can disobey my orders. What a dum-dum. Fucking dum-dum. Oh, Gaius. Gaius. <laughs> Dude, Gaius is a champ. <laughs> an issue has emerged. Gaius is Babies. a... Babies. And, and, yeah. It's called Six's Midriff. No, but Gaius and Rosalind, why this had interest in the fleet's demographic projections? An issue merge may prove divisive to our administration. I would like all the facts in hand before making my decision. I'm a busy man. Luckily, I made an initial calculation on these figures seven months ago when nobody seemed interested or concerned. All I had to do was Dude. factor in the numbers from the Pegasus crew. It took me hardly any time at all. I didn't mind. And that's when he basically says we'll be extinct in 18 years. Going at the current rate we are. Mm-hmm. And dude, I love him calling out the political campaign cycle. Of like, oh yeah, seven months ago when nobody gave a fuck about this because yeah, exactly. there wasn't an election. Exactly. <laughs> he fucking so rules. So good. Uh, that's right, Miss President. It's going to be Rosalind v. Wade. It's your problem, bitch. <laughs> Rosalind sends a message out and says, uh, rights have come into conflict with the survival of the species. Mm-hmm. Sieg Heil, oh the issue is stark. <laughs> the fact is that if civilization is to survive, we must repopulate the fleet. My people need breathing room, right? Now let us, let our Uberman soldiers march into the homes <laughs> of your wives and impregnate them with the future generations. That's right. Why, uh, why, that's the next logical step, huh? We don't just want the, we don't just want babies, we want the right babies. So we're going to hand pick, if we follow this logic, we're going to hand pick. The appropriate Ooh, hold on, hold on. Fathers. I got to dump more olive oil on this slippery slope. Hold on. <laughs> Therefore, I'm issuing an executive order. From this day forward, anyone seeking to interfere with the birth of a child, whether it be the mother or a medical practitioner, shall be subject to criminal penalty. Penalty! Boy, oh boy. <laughs> that was some. That was something I never expected to hear Rosalind say, man. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, very crazy. Anyone who interferes, criminal penalty. There you go. There you go. Pegasus condition one, ship's getting ready to jump. We are going to launch on the other side. So they're going to jump in, launch on the other side. Starbuck heads to a Viper. Lee goes to the CIC to see what's up. This is a rescue mission on my authority. I am bringing my pilots home. If this is a silent trap, we are entering blind. We should send a force recon. That's my Lee voice. (laughs) (laughs) We should do that. Come on, daddy said. My pilots are dying down there. I'm not waiting on recon. Your pilots are dead. This is direct violation of daddy's orders. This is illegal. <laughs> They're in big daddy trouble. said so. They're grounded. Garner tries to relieve Lee, and Lee says he's arresting Garner and taking command. Right? God. Dude, this is such a horrible, awkward moment for this, that poor fucking sergeant. I know, right? 
Where you're just like, uh, <laughs> you're you're literally putting him on the spot to decide who has continued authority it's, in this moment. It's outrageous. Like, that's a crazy, like, it's a small thing. It doesn't even matter to the plot of this episode really that much. But that is a crazy fucking thing to happen. Where there's now a dispute between the two highest officers aboard the ship. One who is currently in command, the other one who is essentially saying, I am taking over command, and whatever you do with your gun decides that, enforces that right now. That's fucking crazy. Right. I'm like, what a moment, Dan. God. Yeah, man. He go, I guess he just like defaults that. to the higher rank. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I don't, I don't fault the dude at Me all. neither. Like, I, Me it's neither. just one of those, like, horrible spots to be put in where you're just like, fuck, man, I don't know. This guy's been my commander for a long time. I'm just going to, uh, I don't know. Don't blame him. Galactica hears that the that the Pegasus has jumped, and then we go to the Pegasus jump point. They launch their recovery team. Red Devil, Red Devil finds two birds intact, adrift, no wireless. <laughs> and inside, we see dead pods. I love that. That's a horrifying moment. And then the base starts just... God, dude, that is such so a pants-shitting moment. Mm-hmm. That base star is just, like, right there. It is on top of you. And not just one, three. Yep. They're trying dude, to make a push here. That's something I want to talk about still too. Like I still it was it was harder in the first season to really get a gauge on what are the Cylons available forces? Like, what is the size of the Cylon fleet? It was always kind of mysterious. It always felt like, and I mean, I, I'm sure my tone has changed a little bit. I was like full blown tin tin foil hat conspiracy theorist theorist uh, on season one, where I'm like, I think the Cylons are actually controlling everything, and like I've come down from that perspective. Uh, however, I still sit here in moments like this with a surprise attack. I'm like, fuck, three base stars, three of them. And and they're just pouring on fucking uh uh you know raiders. I, I was like, God, like how big is their fleet? I mean, because I mean, just three base stars is pretty fucking overwhelming force, even for two Galactica. I mean, two battle stars. That's massive. That's insane. I mean, I, I still sit here and wonder sometimes. I'm like, are they still kind of hiding their other hand? Do they still just have? Do they just have a thousand base stars and it's just like impossibly? They're just impossibly outnumbered, or is this really kind of you know they're they're pushing as hard as they can too, and this is the best they have? I don't know, man. Well, I can't speak to the size or disposition of the Cylon force. I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> However, That's what true. I can do is I can tell you that they're no match. For the Pegasus is no match for three base stars. Oh, God, no. Nobody would. I mean, no. Galactica either. Three? In fact, I think three base stars against two of them might even be a stretch. Exactly. They're, they're pretty comparable power-wise. They have like 300 raiders on board. Holy shit. So that's rough. <laughs> and they have, you know, they seem to use similar te- technologies with the nukes and stuff, which they launch immediately at that range. But, you know, this is just a classic, we need to get the fuck out of Dodge, run interference, put up the flat guns, get the point defense stuff going, get the Raider Stars to to keep the Cylons from getting close or delivering any kind of weird payloads or troops and buy us the time we need to spool up the FTL. It's pretty much the way it goes. It's not a, right. they're not trying to push through, they're trying to get away. And This stuff yeah, is great. Survive until you can escape. Mm. That's it. The nukes do some serious damage though, don't they? Yeah. They get, they get rocked. No FTL, I mean, this, this Pegasus is stuck. The Condition 1 alarms, the klaxons are ringing around. And Leah, yeah, and, Leah goes oh. to combat to help out. That's it. And Ooh. what do we get here? We basically get 
Garner saying they don't seem to understand, referring to the engineering crew. He's trying to walk them through what has to be done. And that's when he realizes that he has to go and show them. And he leaves the con to Lee. He turns and says, you have the con. And that's when everyone looks to leave for orders. And I love the moment on the pullaway where he's standing alone and he just says yes, quietly, yes. I have the con. Like, holy shit. Ooh, so, so cool. Shot. So cool. I mean, he is all by himself right there, even though everybody's just running scattered behind him. Like, it's just utter chaos. And his, his first real time being in command of a whole ship. Yep. Ooh, rough. <laughs> and and he, he kind of snaps to it, right? He does. I, I think our boy... Behaved well under pressure. Yeah, he kicked ass, dude. He, I give him a lot of shit, but he crushes this. I can't wait to tell Daddy how good I was. <laughs> Concentrate <laughs> on protecting our top side. Wilco, Pegasus, we got your back, says Starbuck. And he's essentially ordering them, look, we're going to protect this part of the ship. Everybody go here. We see Garner running to the engine room. Lee orders up some fire on one of the base stars and does some terrible damage to it. Um Meanwhile, Garner does what he's best at. He fixes shit. He goes down there. He takes command. You sense competence immediately. His men immediately respond to him. This is his wheelhouse. This is where he belongs. Exactly. He For them, he's chief. He's the fucking guy. He, Mr. Reliable in this environment. Yep. You know, and that's, uh, that's another. And now this is one of the times I do have sympathy for the situation of Pegasus of they've, you know, been losing commanders left and right. Sure they're starting to pull from not unqualified or shitty people, but people who this isn't their forte. Like this is not, you know, they were not, I have the, I have the strong sense that Garner was never gunning to become commander of an entire fucking battle star. Right. That was not his career path. It's just a whole nother skill set. Right. That's, that's something you see very clear in Star Trek next gen. When they started to develop Starfleet more, you know, you had your sciences division, you had your operations division, and then you had your command division. And then there were different, like, they could get different certifications, like, were you bridge certified? Bridge certified yeah. means you could, you could take on bridge responsibilities, which is running the ship in times of, of crisis. And it was really cool. So you would have, you know, you have dope. the different departments, and then they would cross-train some of them, and you'd kind of go from there. And it's cool because in Gangster. the being, you know, in the beginning, um, Jordy is actually in the command division, and then he switches to engineering because he was a helmsman, which fell under the purview of the uh, command division. And the same with Worf, he moved to the operations division, which was the gold jacket, which was like security, or That's like right. or like being an operations manager. Whereas like the red shirts were uh, in the next gen, were your command officers or your helmsmen, and then of course. You had your blue, which was your sciences, be it doctors or science officers. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I always think of uh, Worf in the, in the goal, but I forgot he started out differently. Indeed. Shots of Garner heading in. Um, he plans on fixing shit himself. One of the base stars turns tail because it's getting hammered by that main battery. Dude. Yeah, no, that, was, that was a cool moment. That was your your Pegasus seeing- is a beast. Right, and it's cool to see in this moment. I feel like this is something that's been needed for somebody from Galactica to prove that they're competent and looking out for Pegasus. I mean, they, he put it to fucking good use. He has one of the base stars literally retreating. Mm-hmm. Yep, he does. Solid. Nobody can take that away from him. <laughs> Nobody can be like, well, Galactica is shitty sometimes, though. Like, come on. <laughs> he did a good job. Right. The, the Pegasus, however, sustains enough damage to where it is put in a position to where retreat is the only option. It needs to jump away. However, part of the uh, added tension and stress in this episode, which is so awesome, 
is that it cannot do this while there's this breach that has to be contained, which is exactly what Garner is doing. And he just starts doing manly shit down there. He's got a sledgehammer. Hell he's yeah. got the big giant spanner thing. He's starting to close yeah, the breach. Spanner. Yeah, he's trying to close the breach. He manages to close it. And uh, we see the pressure come back up and he's dead. He just died, uh, suffocated. Because all of his O2 gets blasted out. Yep. The Rough. F- it's awesome, man. The FTL drive comes on. Lee orders the jump. Bring our birds home. Combat landings, right? Coming Dude, in. Gets hot. <laughs> it's a small thing, but the way they do that combat landing this time, where where we're seeing Kara upside down That's and cool. she lands upside down. Ah, it's yeah. fucking dope. And then, boom. So cool. They jump, and we cut right to uh, an AAR, or after action report, I believe is what they call these. This is kind of an unofficial one almost, although not really. But he says, you'll give Garner a lot of credit. And he says, well, he gave his life to save the ship, Pop. Right? Yeah. Starbuck, of course, was not so kind in her report. And that's when Adam asks Lee off the record what Garner's flaw was. I love this. Fucking love this. Because, again, it's not... He's not thrusting any judgment of, like, of his own on the situation. He's forcing Lee to think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, as a leader, what would you say his flaw was what how was he not effective as a leader you know essentially being like and how would you overcome that flaw mm-hmm. forces him to think about it and and i like lee's answer too i think it it's a smart answer that i agree with you know he's he basically says he was a man about the machines and really you know leadership at that level is about people and he didn't have the feel for it didn't think about it enough yep and that's what he says so, uh, i want you to take command of the beasts Garner was my decision. His failures are mine. Don't let me fail a second time. And he bumps him to commander. Just jumps right over Ty. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Ty is going to be so pissed. Bullshit. That fucking fly boy who had a gun on me, Bill. <laughs> the mutineer. So it's at this point where I want to ask you about the structure of this episode. Um, I kind of really dug it that we still had, there's about five minutes of time left and we didn't end on this big thing because what we wanted to do was spin the narrative into the direction for the and the next step. Obviously, this doesn't end here, the stuff with the president. And I just thought right. it was slick that they that they almost had this um this, I guess you could say, climax with the with the successful escape of the Pegasus from the Cylon forces. And then, right, and this this father and son moment, this you know promotion, it, it does have the feel of an ending. It feels like it's like that's your wrap up moment, the falling action, the denouement, I suppose, there at the go. end here with the with the politics. Dude, I love it. Dude, I love this political. Sarah scene, says, "Miss President, what has it that you do not intend to prosecute the Gemini's girl on Galactica? She has a name, Sarah. I think that Raya has suffered enough. She's been through an abortion." I've granted her asylum on board Galactica. My order came after she sought her procedure. No laws have been broken. The girl belongs to be the, the girl belongs with her parents. I insist. You have your pound of flesh. Take your victory and move on. That's a great line. Yeah, and <laughs> she does. Big exhale from Rosalind. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a little cute makeup here between Starbuck and Lee. And uh, right. she's basically saying, You're fucked man with all this responsibility she's teasing him <laughs> gonna stay here and be galactica's cag mm-hmm. lee tells her to have fun with ty in the briefings i like that ty <laughs> comes up oh yeah yep <laughs> ty's gonna be fucking mad at you <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Starbuck actually congratulates Lee and says he deserves it in a in an honest moment. Yeah, this is a good moment, man. Uh, this actually, I mean, to be honest, got me a little choked up. Nice. I liked it. And to I, see them actually come together. And when she, I mean, God, every, it's totally Katie Sackhoff just being a fucking really good actress. Like when she has, you know, they have this cool dynamic where they're busting each other's chops, going at each other, ha all the way up into it. But she finally has a moment where she goes, are we okay? Like, ah, she like, you can see that like the mask that she always wears mm. kind of come off. We, you know, and that does not happen except for people, you know, she's as close to as she is like to Lee. Yep. And and Lee kind of says that he was annoyed with her ability to buck authority and continually get away with it. And the one time he does, he almost loses everything. Yeah. And it just annoys I mean, him. You know, I can understand that. You know, there is yeah, that that is a real that is a real thing. People will look at people who take risks and break rules and they will have this contempt for them. And they will say things like, you think the rules don't apply to you. And they get <laughs> mad because that person has the, what am I trying to say? Hoods the book. will. Yeah, the will yeah. to do these things that they don't have the will to do because they believe in following the orders or following the rules all the time. There is a but resentment you know, between people when it comes to that stuff. And I like that he kind of just honest about it. I I mostly agree, but I do – I kind of take Lee's side a little bit in this moment of where, you know, to talk about breaking rules, I mean he did, like he was talking about when he had to side with Rosalind and, and did effectively, you know, mutiny basically. Yeah, for that sure. Was a, that was a massive rule break and he's right. He did almost lose everything for it. Like he – I think he has he, a he point does, of he, like – He was following the law though, wasn't he, according to his testimony? I, I Yeah, like according to, uh, you know – Taking Rosalind's side, he thought was the lawful. I think side. it's only a mutiny if you if you. Oh oh oh! You're talking about that mutiny. Okay, I thought you were talking yeah, about talking when about he was back. trying to relieve Garner. No no no! I'm talking about with with Rosalind and going up against his dad. I mean, like that was that was massive. That was a massive yeah, for sure. stepping outside of the bounds. And and like I agree with what he says of like I didn't just get you know a fucking dressing down and get yelled at. It's like I was thrown in the fucking brig, got fucking demoted, and that was about to be the end of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, and that's not happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> you get yelled at and then a pat on the back. <laughs> she got thrown in the brook once when she popped it's tie, tie in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Can't just, can't just stroll away from that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, I was more waxing poetic about that idea versus how it applies to Lee. Just, right. just for and clarity. I, mean, I didn't mean to confuse you. Oh, totally. Totally. And I, and I agree overall. And I do agree that that's essentially their dynamic most of the time is that he's the one who is striving so hard for this balance of like, well, I have to be like the, the, the lawful good. And she's just kind of like, fuck it. I'm going to do what seems right by my gut. And that's that. Yeah. And, and if, uh, he just can't stand that, that instinctual thinking. Yeah. That's just the way she is. That's the, sometimes people are just hardwired differently. Right. And she even says it like that. She's like, well, you should see the way my brain works. She's just like, that's just how it is. That's my brain. Like, I, yep. I, it's not like I'm trying to go around being an asshole. It's just how I react and think. You have a brain? They hug. And then we go back to Rosalind and Gaius in a brilliant moment of this show. Yeah, dude. She's oh, asked about criminalizing abortion and then Gaius interrupts. It is true that in the light of recent events that the president may have lost some support in certain quarters. I would ask the people to understand that this is an extreme decision. We live in extreme times. The decision has been made in good faith. I, however, cannot in good conscience support it. 
I am so sorry, Madam President, but the Cylons have no understanding of the word freedom. How could they? They're programmed, machines. Every time you take away one of our freedoms, every time you restrict or curtail one of our rights, we become one step closer to being like them. And uh, he just says, I'm bound to, to follow you as a vice president. However, I have no such stricture. Should um, I announce my candidacy for presidency? Kaplow! Fucking Kaplow. causes Rosalind to just flee. Dude. She turns and runs. <laughs> how? I love how much Baltar thinks he's not out, cut out for politics when he's the perfect fucking snake for politics. <laughs> he comes out as it, he, for the first 20 seconds of this, you're like, oh, wow, he's stepping up to support Rosalind. And then that's he fucking the, so dunks beautiful. his nuts on her and so announces beautiful. his fucking candidacy. What? It's, it's, Holy he does shit. it in such a political way. Such a like he's shaking way. her hand and saying, "Go fuck yourself." Exactly, it's yeah. amazing, and he's oh, he's such a dick. I love this slimy bastard. It's awesome, dude. Also, dude, I'm not gonna lie, my Cylonometer, I'm ticking more and more of. Mm, I don't know about guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I'm getting a little more suspicious. What are you so worried about? I mean, about? I'm getting, I'm getting way more interested. He's just <laughs> trying to keep suspicious. everyone's rights in order from this. Right, this dirty, dirty president, corrupt with power, changing laws on a whim. Guys is a man of the people, Matthew. A man of the people. <laughs> with Zarek Wormtongue on his shoulder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's so good. What a great ending. Great ending. Is. Fucking at six, just clapping. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> God. Oh. My Cylon hubby, he makes me proud. <laughs> Gaius, maximum Gaius factor this episode. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Any final thoughts this week? <sighs> um. Well, for one, I don't know if I've made it clear. The good far outweighs the bad in this episode. I am Easily. actually very high on this episode. I think it's solid. Um, and also, my hope, my hope now is that the Pegasus problem will <laughs> the Pegasus problem. change. It's a, it's a, it was a problem. Man. I like it. Like, I like it. It's funny. Like I, I want to see, and, and I think as much as I was joking, and I do think it is a little bit eyebrow raising of like, you're just going to make your son in charge of the whole ship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody's cool with that. Like they've been so pissed off at you, directly you calling you a, a, a fucking crazy dictator, Adama. Power-hungry, evil Adama ruining our fun raping times here at Pegasus. Um, but there's a, a hope that I have that in in Lee, the difference even that he has between him and his dad is that he is this, I think, maybe even at times he's naive and at times I think he's a little too compassionate. But I think in this situation, he is the right leader for Pegasus. He is compassionate. He's willing to listen to them and to their problems and present those problems to his father and and not be shitty about it. He's not going to judge. I, I can. I think a real credit I can give to Lee as a character, a well-established character at this point, is that I do not think he would have this shitty one-sided loyalty. That's just well, still Galactica overall, and whatever you guys' problem is, fuck you, Galactica and Daddy, me and my Daddy. Like, no, I actually do think he will hear out the internal problems among Pegasus and try to to blend this olive branch. Like, I think as much as I love to dog on the nepotism of it. I think he is actually well-suited for the position. Um, and I really love the idea of seeing 
Lee as a leader at that high of a level. Um, that's that's exciting. That's interesting. And I think, like I said, hopefully that's the beginning of the end of the Pegasus problem. And Lee's there now, and it'll be cool, and things will even out, and and we have like an interesting new horizon for for storytelling. You also have the meta sense you have to keep in mind too, and I'm sure you do. Which is essentially who else have they even shown that's qualified? It wouldn't. It would. It wouldn't probably work for fans if some random guy they didn't know about. They're <laughs> like, "Oh, here he is. This is some major. He was a flight control officer or some bullshit." We'd all be like, "What? Oh, fuck you. Fuck this guy." You Who's know. This fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Well, damn baby. Yeah, it's good app. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think there will be friction between Ty and Lee? Or or maybe Ty and in, in, in Bill? I'm actually yeah, as much as I was kidding about it, I, I actually think there'll be more friction between yeah, Ty and Bill. I I, I I could see him not just like busting Bill's balls about it, but questioning it, bringing it up. And when whenever Lee makes a, a questionable call, I could see Ty doing his old eyebrow raise, looking at fucking Adama on the other side of the CIC table, like mm, your boy fucking up mm. <laughs> doing that shit. <laughs> I totally see that. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. This is a lot of fun to talk about. I uh, I really liked this episode. I thought it was solid, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what uh, what what does this mean with the Pegasus? What's it going to mean? Flying a couple of ships together, hopping back and forth. How are they going to structure the episodes going forward? Dude, by the way, that fucking Pegasus got a lot of repairs needing to be done now. Yeah, <laughs> like indeed. damn. Yep, it's got a month or two of that ahead of them. So two weeks. Two weeks from today, we are going to do something a little bit different, Matthew. We are going to cover Razor, which is a <gasps> Battlestar Galactica one hour and 41 minute thing that came out after season three, I believe, or maybe even four. Um, in the, okay. in, but in the chronology, um, there's people who believe it, it fits best here. And um, I am still scouring it for, uh, for spoilers. So what I'll do is I'll just say, it, go ahead and watch it, but don't watch it at least until Monday. Mm, okay, because you probably you would. You way. probably wouldn't anyway, right? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, I might watch it over the weekend. Unless oh, you okay. Tell me no, no, no. So, so tell me. So I'll tell you by Thursday. It's Monday today. I'll tell you by Thursday. Okay. All right. But I'm. I've, Give me the I've, all clear. Yeah, I've read a bunch of about it, and they say there's like this little thing in the final 10 minutes, but they say it's hardly anything that isn't obvious at this point in the series anyway. So, but I, but I am curious as to what their evaluation of that is, but I, I definitely want to do razor. I think it would be fun to do. Um, I love it. We'll, we'll get to see some Pegasus backstory, basically good to see Kane again, I guess, Oh, which is neat. And you know, when it came back out after the fact, it was, it came out in 2007. Yeah. So dude, it's way after. If people were like, okay. yeah, okay. I mean, it's kind of past at this point. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So I, I think you're right. I think this would be the time to watch it. Like, it uh, says it takes like- place right here. I'm reading about it. You don't do this, by the way. It says after the episode, the captain's hand. Perfect. Yep. I love, I love putting stuff in order like that. Yep. Let's fucking do it. I'm excited. Yep. It's just, it's essentially Kane's legacy. I'll, I'll read all the articles. I'll read the wiki. The legacy of Kane? I'll read the articles and see and just make sure <laughs> um, that none of this is going to be spoiled. And if it is, well, we'll, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to be flexible on that. But I think we're clear. I will <laughs> let you know by Thursday. <laughs> 
All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for showing up in the chat. We appreciate it. We will see you guys in a couple of weeks with Razor.